Hello, this is Hit Pause, a podcast made in San Francisco with more questions than answers. Welcome back to Hit Pause, episode 5. It's been uh, quite an adventure to be with you over the past four episodes and this continued interest that you, mostly my friends, are showing to this little recording. Um, I'm humbled by some of your feedback, by some of your suggestions and questions. Uh, some of you are starting to follow weekly. So it's a great beginning of a little something. Um, and um, I will open up in this episode a new segment to start tackling your questions, your comments, your feedback a little bit later in the show. Um, that's probably something that I will do every so often. I'm not expecting every day or every every episode that um, there'll be feedback, but if there is, absolutely happy to make this a true interactive conversation and not just a broadcast medium. Since we have now gone through the basics of looking at the evolution of broadcast to interactive media. Today I want to talk a little bit about um, the fundamentals of communication theory, the way that I'm personally thinking of it in my daily practice at work, as I interact with people around me, and uh, maybe share uh, my thoughts on what is communication, Um, especially at a time when, of course, virality, noise is all around us and Daily, we are bombarded by so many messages. Um, Yesterday, I was processing my personal emails of the week, and between marketing spam, personal messages, it it can be daunting. And I know that many of us in today's modern age um, are overwhelmed by messages. And so when I think about what are the the basics of communication? Obviously, there's a couple of key uh, elements. And actually, I see five of them. Um, The emitter, the receptor, the medium, the container, and the message. Um, So I'll come back to all of them, but let's start with the emitter. there needs to be a message emitter somewhere, someone who has something to say, someone who communicates something in in a daily conversation with two people. One of them talks, the other one listens, obviously. And the emitter um, is actually not a neutral party in that uh, engagement because the emitter uh, can be Uh, someone like General de Gaulle, who speaks to the masses in his time and reaches millions, or it just can be me talking to an audience of 30 or something like that. 
Um, it can be a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And so the relative ratio of the power of that voice is obviously something which varies greatly. Not all emitters are created equal. And uh, historically, in a broadcast medium world, emitters have had a very high unweighted share of the media and communication marketplace. We saw that in a previous episode when you look at the history of broadcast TV and a TV show was able to easily garner, a successful TV show would garner easily 24, 25, 50% market share um, due to the power of um, the medium. So the emitter um, is someone very special in that environment and bears, we'll see it in this episode and many others, a lot of responsibility. Then there is the receptor, the person who receives the message um, to process it. And that um, receptor uh, is us, it's you, it's me. Um, depending on the style of the conversation, the engagement, the communication, we can also be both an emitter and a receptor. And obviously, the new social media world has given the ability to em receptors to become emitters as well. We'll go back to that question because I want to put a pin on uh, that statement. And I'll rephrase it by saying a receptor has now become not only an emitter, but also possibly a router or a forwarder of the message. The third concept that I try to apply in my daily practice of communication um, is understanding the medium of the um, message. Uh, is it the voice? Is it the written word? Is it the image? We are all experiencing these days, as we go through these strange times, the power, the pitfalls of video communication. For many of us, of course, video conferencing is not novel. Um, but it is now taking a proportion which is spurring a new way of thinking about the medium. So. Again, written, heard, and voice interaction, thinking about how we are now interacting over voice with the Alexa device, the Google Home device, Siri, uh, even your car. All of this is changing and is being part of what is the way that the message is transmitted. But beyond the medium, there is another concept that is slightly separate and that I personally distinguish from the medium itself, and that is what I call the container or the media format. And the container is really the set of packets, if you think about it in terms of video transmission or audio transmission, it is the format of the TV show, it is the format of the uh, hour of 
television news. It is the format of the podcast that I'm now going through with you, um, which shapes how the story is being told, how the story is being paced, how the narrative and the script of the transmission is being contained. How many of us have gone through a one-hour video conference call these days and adding 15 uh, people, three of which are probably the primary emitters, 12 of which are going to be the receptors. Maybe two or three of those receptors are just going to be rehashing and re-saying what the message is, um, re-forwarding it, if you will. And what happens to the dynamics of that one-hour conference call, um, whether at work or for a, a birthday event with friends, or even now we're seeing that, astonishingly, people getting married. Uh, CNN had yesterday, Saturday, a segment on a, the first known couple who to get married on Zoom with the family of the bride and the groom attending the event. So now we have a very special container which is full of emotions contained inside of a medium which is a video conferencing and the container um, is basically dictating how the uh, interaction happens with some level of connection between all those people and some level of confusion sometimes, uh, discombobulation, um, and certainly timing being imparted for that exchange. Um, it's very intriguing when you look at the history of television broadcast and the evolution of the medium and the container, the format, that the TV show format was scripted and pretty much dictated for decades the format of a TV broadcast show. And that was contained basically within the one hour of television format, broken up in four, five, six sometimes advertising segments. And when now we are streaming on Netflix a old TV show, you can see where those advertising breaks were the cut to the next scene, the cliffhanger of a sentence, the moment where the actors and the characters um, finalize their punchline, cut to black, a new scene. You had an advertising insertion there that was basically financing that TV show in the old broadcast medium. So that TV show container has now been ported on a streaming format, which is novel, on Netflix, the new medium, and suddenly the sense of time changes. We must go back to the TV shows that Netflix started funding years ago with House of Cards being a groundbreaker with Reid Hoffman uh, Reed Hastings, I'm sorry, um, and Ted Sarandos at Netflix explaining and telling the content providers and show producers 
that they could script however long they wanted the episodes to be. And that basically expanded the creativity of the content telling because on that new medium of internet TV, the container, the format was changing. And with television episodes that could be any length, suddenly the show creators could start writing stories that felt more authentic, that were not constrained by the artifice of a specific container format. And when you look at the major media disruptions that we talked about in the last episode, when you look at the eruption of Twitter, when you look at the eruption of Snap, there are fundamental media format innovations. Beyond the technology which portend those applications, they are in fact rewriting how the media format is being used. So in that sense, Snap, Netflix, Twitter are indeed true media empires, media companies. And it is not by any surprise that over time, the container and the format innovation that those companies brought uh, to the market via social media is now arriving into the traditional broadcast medium. I remember it would have been an anathema 20 years ago when I was working in companies supporting digital television. It would have been an anathema to consider and imagine poor video quality on broadcast TV because at the time, the new entrants, DirecTV, uh, EchoStar, Dish Network, then the cable companies entering and pushing digital television wanted to absolutely explain to the consumer audiences that the reason why you needed to buy that new television set was precisely because the television image was so perfect, pristine and crystal clear. Then arrives the first recordings of video over the mobile phone whether choppy and blocky images. And I still remember uh, starting to see about 15 years ago that first image showing up on a news network. It's basically only two to three, four years later that I saw the same image on French television news. So that tells you that it was not a question of television, um, the, the, the slowness of the technology to go from one market to the other, but a true change in cultural acceptance of format change for the vast audiences. And the COVID pandemic brought us another one of those media format fusions. About two weeks ago, I saw for the first time a broadcast TV advertising from the CEO um, of Allstate, um, starting to uh, talk over a visibly recorded at home video, uh, talking about uh, what it was to be an insurance company in those times. 
And then that was quickly followed suit with now more and more companies showing us their employees at their desk, talking to customers from the privacy of the home. So necessity has a tendency to create new media containers and new media formats just as much as entrepreneurs. And another of the uh, byproducts of uh, this format change and disruption was, of course, spurred by the creativity of the content storytellers, the uh, imagination uh, to be disruptive in those new found degrees of freedoms, where um, it became possible to kill a main character at the end of a first or second episode in a season. That was really never unheard of in broadcast uh, television show scripting. But yet again, um, in the uh, new format enabled by Netflix, um, uh, then followed suit by AMC with The Walking Dead, we started seeing uh, main characters die uh, Zoe in House of Cards um, and uh, a main character in The Walking Dead at the end of the first uh, season. So there is a direct correlation between what the format of the medium and the format the container of the media um, and the creativity which is enabled to the emitter and the receptor to interact and to play with each other. Those, those variables in the communication um, algorithm, if you will, or theorem are inter interdependent and influence each other. When finally we look at what is being transmitted after talking about the emitter, the receptor, the medium, and the format or the container, the content itself is ultimately what we strive. It's the storyline, it's the question, it's the answer. It's the captivating story of an audience, a character, multiple characters. It's the business question being discussed. It's the construction of a solution. But sometimes a corporate meeting on, on the, the conference call or the video conference call is mostly going to be a transmission of the problem. There is an expectation that this format, this medium of the conference call will help spur the solution. Well, maybe the solution is ill-suited uh, because it requires a different set of interactions between people um, and that it's not possible to really frankly come up with a decision inside that container, inside that medium. And we need to change channel, literally, to actually get things accomplished. So we are all living in our ways, for those of us who have a chance uh, to be able to live and work through electronic means these days, um, daily, the story of the communication um, uh, philosophy, if you will, that I see, that I observe 
and try to apply um, daily in all those interactions. And now let's go to a short break to hit pause, reflect, or just continue. And welcome back to the second part of our fifth episode of Hit Pause. We just thought about and looked at the five components of a communication system. When you think about it, one is the emitter, two is the receptor, three is the medium of the communication, fourth is the container or the format of that communication, and five is the message and the content itself. And what does that mean to have quality communication? What does that mean to have in this day and age of transition and parallel existence of multiple media universes, the broadcast one, the print one, the radio one, the podcast one, the social media one. What does it mean in this glut of media formats, mediums, uh, messages? What does that mean to have quality conversation? quality messaging, quality communication. Quality is a, is a complex problem in that environment. If you look at the number of variables we just highlighted, to have a quality conversation, it would mean that you have a quality emitter with a quality receiver, with a quality medium, when you think about it in space, there's no communication, audit, auditory communication possible. There's no air. So the sound cannot be transmitted. So there it's surely not quality communication in space. You have to go to other means of communication. Um, you need to have a quality container, a quality format. Um, you need to have a, a quality content as well, a quality message that that is solid. Um, and so when you look at and think about the concept of fake news, the concept of polarization of the communication debate that we see on, on TV, I'll come back to the uh, French TV news show L'Heure de Vérité from François-Henri de Virieux in the 19. 80s, and this was a political debate show that was um, the grandfather of what you see in today's uh, TV shows, which are mostly opinion sharing. And so there has been a semantic change to that format, even though it remains a TV show for politics, the way that the participants behave, communicate, function, the way the content is is transmitted and what content is transmitted has also changed dramatically. So only with a couple of concepts you can see and think about the change in in quality that we're observing today. There is also uh, because of this glut of uh, 
mediums, channels, formats, a constant noise that surrounds us as a receptor, we are constantly bombarded by messages and uh, the human brain will learn in our second season uh, what happens to the human brain and how we shield ourselves from all of that. We drop our um, ability to really listen, to really pay attention. Um, so you also need to look at and think about and I think constantly about when I am a receptor of a message, what can I do to, if I need to resend that message to get something accomplished, what value added am I adding to the original message I received? You know, the terms, am I turning myself into a new value adding uh, receptor which becomes a value adding emitter or am I not adding value and just turning into a router and therein may lie maybe at least maybe it does lie in, in my eyes I'll have to admit the mystery of why there is as we saw in previous episodes maybe three five percent of true emitters um, and a lot of receptors or routers of messages. And this may also explain why with the forwarding, re-forwarding buttons that are so easy to use on social media, we are having the creation of a constant stream of rerouted messages instead of in a creative exponential corpus of knowledge of valuable knowledge which was the intention hope of the founders of this new internet tim berners lee and all those who followed in the suit hoping as we saw in the previous episodes like al gore that all of this would lead to a compounding effect of human knowledge and uh, greater good advancing. Um, I think that it is that fact that uh, in a social media world where the receptor can become an emitter, we need to pay attention to the value-adding algorithms um, and the value-adding that we personally, each one of us, add to the transmission or retransmission of a message. So for this time, for this moment, I'll have a question which will float in the air a little bit, maybe to be answered in future episodes, maybe with your questions and answers. How can we, how, uh, can it be possible to raise the quality of this retransmission? How can we, as human beings, in an age of social media, avoid the trap of just posting and reposting and add value to 
the overall message to the overall medium to the overall media format and container. And now it's time for you, your letters, your thoughts, your questions, your answers to my questions. You can share them with me directly by going to my website, utesa.com slash podcast. There you'll find an online form as well as a link to the recording service of Anchor.fm where this podcast is made and hosted. Maybe, who knows, one day we'll even turn this little shared moment into a live conversation. So for this fifth episode, we'll be having our first part of the show where I feature some of your questions and comments. And thank you to François Modares, another Frenchman in the media tech sector, um, to have submitted his first thoughts by email. Thank you, François. I'm going to read a couple of the key messages there, and I think your um, comparison of the geography of the media is is highlighting some of the key themes of this uh, podcast. So you wrote, in the past, well before nationwide, continent-wide, worldwide radio or TV broadcast, the distribution of mass media was limited to small audiences, separated by knowledge, as you pointed out, and later by geography. A newspaper was local, the announcers of a feudal noble was local. There was little to no permeability between these islands of communication, which helped control messages and opinions. The ancient times were times of division and animosity between these islands, and opinions were inward-looking within each of these islands. My world is what I hear here, the rest i.e. the others, are therefore wrong. You make me think of Montaigne, the French poet, who wrote, truth um, north of the Pyrenees, heresy south of the Pyrenees, is basically the English translation of what he wrote. Um, you continue, fast forward to today. Audiences are as fragmented as they were then. I listen to, watch, read, get exposed to only what I have selected. With the power of the targeting algorithms, I soon get exposed only to what I have selected. The rest, the things that I do not hear anymore, is therefore wrong, devious, and dangerous. We are back to square one. I think you're hitting the nail on the head in the media impact that social media, the containers, the medium, the format has now gotten us to optimize um, what happens in a new world where 
receptors are given the gift of becoming emitters is that there has to be a, a selective way of channeling all that humongous media sphere, if you will, of messages in communication. And unfortunately, what we lose, we'll explore that in future episodes, is the ability to listen, to look at the different, the other, the opinion which is not like ours. Um, it's really hard because it touches upon the emotive sphere. Uh, I myself have my channels of television and television favorites. I mentioned in the past that it is now known that even though we have a thousand TV channels, everybody watches only about eight or nine of them. Uh, compound the algorithms of preferential recommendations by your favorite internet streaming site, compound that with the algorithms of social media companies, and very quickly, we are actually only now uh, becoming targeted and participants in a stream of media exposure which suits us and soothes us. Um, this is a this is a societal question uh, which is left up in the air. Can we really continue to learn how to live with each other? Um, and are we seeing with the current demonstrations around the freedom to come back to life, to work life, how is that uh, being spurned and being part of the container of social media that we all now bathe in? In other terms, is the society's reaction also shaped by social media when it comes down to those individual um, societal movements that we are ex experiencing right now because of the COVID crisis? So for today, that will be the second question to think about in this fifth episode of Hit Pause. This podcast is a simple way of sharing my thoughts. It is a personal endeavor, nothing more, a way to connect. The views and opinions represented in this podcast are solely mine. They are in no way, nor should they be assumed to be shared, supported, endorsed by my employer, the sponsors of this show, Anchor.fm, where it is hosted, and all the distributors thereof. You may find more information, links, pictures, videos, documents, and more, which may have been referenced in this podcast on my website at www.uteza.com slash podcast. There, it feels so much better after saying all of this.
And so, it's time to part ways, at least for now. Until next time, time to say goodnight, time to hit pause.